0: Let us pray together. Oh, thanks be to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have victory. Victory over sin. Victory over the grave. Victory over death. Victory over life just being empty and vain and meaningless. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing victory that You have accomplished by being raised from the dead. Oh God, we ask that You would now send the Spirit of Jesus powerfully into this room. Because I confess, I don't have words or the ability to describe how marvelous and how wonderful and how awe-inspiring Is the work of Christ on our behalf. So Holy Spirit, because you love us and because you're real and you're powerful, would you fall afresh in this room? Would you speak clearly through a broken vessel who desperately needs your grace? God, would you give us ears to hear from that victorious champion named Jesus? Spirit, would you shine into our minds, maybe the parts of our minds that are dark or just don't believe. God, open our eyes to your truth so that we could see Jesus and his victory and what it means for us. Father, would you just give us a heart of faith? Would you give us a heart that beats for you? Would you give us a heart that's, that's victorious because they're so broken, because they're so needy? Father, we pray that as You come through the preaching of Your Word, that You would change us again today, that the victory would be so palpably ours, so tangibly ours, that we could walk out of here new, that we could walk out of here fresh, we could walk out of here victorious in Christ Jesus. Jesus, only You could accomplish all this, so come with power the things that I say that are wrong or really my opinion, may they fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, that point to that resurrected Savior Jesus, would you use those things to make us more like Him, more like His victory? Come and, and give yourself great glory, but give us great joy, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. On May 1st, 2003, President at the time, George W. Bush, uh, made an amazing landing on an aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham Lincoln. Now, typically a president is going to fly in maybe on an aircraft carrier and he uses a uh, helicopter. This time, though, he used a jet, a Lockheed, they say, S3 Viking and came and made a a triumphant landing on this USS Abraham Lincoln, got out of a flight suit, uh, put on his suit, and all of a sudden he's going to give a speech on the deck of this huge aircraft carrier. And as he spoke, the nation was at war. And as he spoke, he spoke with a huge banner that was raised above his head that everybody could see, every camera had. It said, Mission Accomplished. Mission accomplished. Although the president never actually used that phrase, mission accomplished, there was some confusion. What, what did that mean? For some said, you know what it meant? It meant that this, the uh, sailors finally got back home. They were on the longest outing, 10 months they've been out to sea. An aircraft carrier hasn't been out that long since the Vietnam War. So mission accomplished. These sailors came back safe. But then some said no. As he used the speech, he said, you know, the United States and our allies have have gotten victory in Iraq. So mission accomplished. Did it mean that the war was successful, that the war was over in Iraq? Mission accomplished. Did it mean the war of terrorism had finally been won? Mission accomplished. It was confusing. It was kind of confusing. What did this really mean? If God were to put a banner over Easter. The banner over Easter would read mission accomplished. And he wants to make sure there's no confusion. If God had a banner over Easter and it said mission accomplished, you know, in that, that big Easter parade, that, that big crowd, there'd be somebody with a John 3.16 sign, wouldn't there? I felt they're everywhere. It's amazing. I don't know. As long as I've lived, you see a big crowd, there's some fellow with John 3.16 the most famous verse of all times. John 3.16, do you know it? For God so loved the world. that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, Easter Sunday is God's proclamation to us and to the whole world. Mission Accomplished. Is anybody confused? Is it really victorious? How about your life? What's still broken in your life? How about your relationships? What's still out of whack? How about this war-torn world? What does it really mean? Mission accomplished. God doesn't want us to be confused this Easter. He has for us His Word. He wants us to be completely clear. Each one of us, you need to leave here today knowing for sure what it means when Jesus says, mission accomplished. That what He came to do, He did. But what did Jesus' earthly ministry accomplish? Why did He come? What was this victory? Victory over what? Victory over whom? And the truth we all want to know is, does it really matter? I mean, really, does it really matter? I mean, is it changing anything about us? Does this victory change anything about our circumstances? Amazingly, God's word in this gospel says it does. It changes you. It makes you alive once you was dead. It brings you into a family once you were far away. It makes your life have meaning every single part of it. We have to realize that Jesus' victory hinges completely. Not just a little bit. Not just partly. Jesus' victory hinges completely on the reality of Easter. On the reality of the resurrection. If there was no resurrection... If there wasn't Jesus, if Jesus is still in the tomb, there is no victory. The only way there could be victory declared today if he really was dead and if he's still alive. The only way we can have victory is to know that reality. Then we can say, yes, he is victorious. But if there's no resurrection from the dead, Scripture says then Jesus was not raised from the dead. And if Jesus was not raised from the dead, there is no victory. There is no mission accomplished. If Jesus is not alive today, all is vanity. I mean, if Jesus is not living, did not conquer the grave, all's empty. Life is void. Life truly is meaningless. And I love what Paul says because he has the courage to tell the truth. He says this, If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, you know what we might as well do? Eat, drink, because tomorrow we die. It's either all in or all out. It's either all victory or it is complete, utter defeat. You have to know this about Easter. And I love the reality that God, God has this whole mission accomplished, the whole plan of rescuing sinners like us, the whole way that God wanted to reveal his love to us by Jesus becoming one of us, becoming our sin to rescue us. The whole plan hinges on the reality that he did conquer death, the whole thing, the whole story, the whole mission of Jesus. This whole Bible, everything that was written that points to him, everything that talks about how he came to rescue sinners, the whole thing rests on the veracity, the truthfulness of the resurrection. If it's true, victory in life. If it's false, vanity and emptiness. Today is the reality, folks. It's either the thrill of victory or it's the agony of defeat. Again, Paul tells us, he tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, if you want to follow along, if you brought your Bible, uh, Vicki read the words for us uh, today, but he says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then it's all tragic vanity. It really is. I mean, listen, you can't clean up Jesus. You can't clean up the story. You can't just say, well, he was a good teacher and he did some good things. Uh, you really can't pull any victory, any mission accomplished out of the story unless he's alive. Because here's what Paul says. He says in verse 13 and 16, If there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ was not raised. I love Paul. Very logical thinker. Uh, He's going to give us his logic inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's basically saying this. if, If the dead don't come back to life and if Jesus hasn't won a victory, if there's no resurrection from the dead, Jesus didn't raise from the dead. And if that's the reality, he says in verse 14, If Christ is not raised from the dead, then our preaching is in vain. What I'm doing is empty. What I'm doing is just useless. I mean, again, let's just go eat. Let's go drink because tomorrow we die. As a matter of fact, it's worse than that. It says not only is if Jesus isn't alive, if he's really dead, you ready for this? It says that I'm misrepresenting God. I'm here standing before you saying that Jesus is alive. If he's really dead, I'm misrepresenting the God who is. I tell you, it's hard to stand up for God. It's hard to stand up and open up his word every, every week and realize and pray, say, God, don't let me misrepresent you. Let me speak the truth in love. Let me show others the reality and the beauty of Jesus. And why do I pray the way I pray? God, the things that are right, use those things. The things that are wrong or just my opinion. May they quickly fall away and be forgotten. Why do I pray that way? Because I don't want to misrepresent God who is. And Paul says, listen, all the preaching, all the preachers, all the things that are said about God, if it's, if it's not true that he's been raised, if he's dust somewhere in Jerusalem, man, it is all empty, all vanity. But there's more than that. He says in verse 14 and 17, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, he keeps on beating this drum. And he says this, then your faith, our faith, my faith is in vain. It's, it's again, it's... it's it's empty. It's, it's useless. It's void. If Christ isn't alive, our faith is nothing. He says this about us. He goes on, he starts to unpack that a little bit. He says this, he says, then we are still in our sins. We're going to talk a little bit more in a minute about what it means to be in our sins. It also says that those who have died are gone forever. Those empty seats that are next to you right now, the emptiness in your heart right now, those who have passed away, maybe even this year. And I know many in this congregation has experienced loss, and it's just absolutely taken your breath away. And here's what Easter Sunday says. If it's not true, if Christ did not rise from the dead, they're gone. There's no hope. This morning, Sunrise Service, uh, it was was just such a tender moment. Uh, Gene Watts, uh, a dear widower in our church, he lost Ruth this year. And as he came to the Sunrise Service, he brought two chairs. And I just love that reality because, you know, when when someone passes away and we just miss them, and, and oftentimes we often say, I know they're looking down at us right now. I know that they're seeing us. And I don't know how we actually know that. But the reality is this. The reality is, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, they're not looking down anywhere. They're not looking. They're not alive. But how beautiful to be able to say to Gene, because Jesus lives, Gene. Gene lives. Because the story's real. Ray lives. Jesse lives. I mean, the stories of the broken hearts live in Christ Jesus. By the way, Outside of notes here, so I'm a little nervous. Uh, early sunrise service, uh, everything went off without a hitch. You're always nervous. Um, some years we planned it, and we forgot to sunrise the right time over the trees. It was all dark, you know. This, this was pretty bright this year. We, we did a pretty good job, you know, and, and one year was like, like this big, huge fog rolled in, and it was like, wow, this is really either really eerie or really exciting. And we got through today. It was a little muggy out there. I think I lost a pound or two out there, but... Um, and at the end, as you know, when the benediction, I love to be able to go, and I love to touch folks and just say, you know, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. So I started at one end of the crowd. We are kind of spread out, and uh, I was making my way down and just giving uh, the benediction, the blessing, and touching folks. And if you know Peg Hartwell, she usually sits right about here. Um, Peg's been around a few years. Um, she was here when Moses was here. She had good standing then. And blessed saint of Jesus. And I came, and I just touched her, and she went down like a rock. I mean, she was like, Phew. I said, Peg, I'm not even a faith healer. And I had to lift her back up. And, uh, but she's fine. She's fine. And uh, I thought that maybe the power of the Holy Spirit. But uh, anyway. If the story's not true, you and I are still in our sins. If the story's not true, then those who have died, they're gone. If the story's not true, here's what Paul says. If we only have hope for Jesus in this life, you know what we are? We're pitiful. I love it. We're pitiful. We're pitiful. We're most to be pitied. If we're banking on Jesus for life just here and he's in the tomb, we are the most to be pitied. If Christ is not raised from the dead, here's the condition we are we are still in our sins. What does that mean? What does it mean in our sins? Well, Scripture tells us that all of us are born sinners. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's perfection. That there is a holy God. And by the things we say and the things we think and the things that we don't do, like love our neighbor as ourself or love God with all our heart, that every one of us has fallen short of perfection. If you have a hard time with that, you haven't lived for very long. But Scripture says all of us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Scripture also says that the payment that we deserve for sins is death. What sin brings is death. Ezekiel says it this way, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. You read Scripture all the way from the start to the beginning. uh, Start from the beginning, that's good, Jeff. From the start to the end, it says the consequences of sin is death. There's a penalty to that, and there's a power to that. It says if we're sinners and we're still in our sin, guess what? It has power over us. All we can do is sin. We can never please a holy God. It's basically saying this if we're still in our sins. Sin hangs around our neck like a noose if we're still in our sins. Death isn't defeated. If we are still in our sins, death has the last word. If we're still in our sins, all of us are in a race to the grave. That's where we're all going to end up. And there's no hope. If the dead aren't raised, mission is not accomplished. What Paul is telling us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is all is vain. And again, I love the reality. He's saying, man, if this story isn't right, eat, drink, because tomorrow you die. I know why pagans act like pagans. They don't have Jesus. I know why pagans act like pagans. Because life is vain and pointless. They're trying to feel good. They're trying to find life in any, anything they could find. And the way we should look at a world that's trying to find life in the world, we should pity them. Certainly you've got to be careful with judging them. We should love them. The problem is is that we sometimes, Christians, forget that we can only find life in Christ. And we go and try to find life in the world. Pagans are going to act like pagans. Christians who've been given life should now be sharing and living through that victory. If Christ is not raised, there's no spinning the story of Jesus. Get that straight. If Christ is not raised, we can't clean him up. We can't make this thing work. We can't have ultimate victory. All is truly lost, but there's good news. Since Christ has been raised from the dead, we read today even 500 people witnessed it. He gives us, he shares with us his victory instead of this tragic vanity. If Christ is raised from the dead, we have ultimate victory. What does that mean? Well, A, mission is accomplished. God's plan to rescue sinners, rescue you, rescue me. If Christ is raised from the dead, truthfully, unequivocally, no concern, does it really work or not? Clearly, mission is accomplished. If Christ is living right now, if he is alive right now, you ready for this? Life reigns, not death. The last word is life, not death. The story has hope. The story has joy. Life reigns in Christ Jesus. That's why they call it good news. There's good news. Death doesn't win. There's good news. It's been swallowed up. There's good news. Life reigns even now. We can be victorious in Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that last verse, thanks be to God who gives us victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Paul said, listen, this is so important. This is of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. Again, he links the story. There's a bigger story going on. I mean, Jesus didn't just walk into Jerusalem and be killed. God knew what was going to happen. He was going to go and become our sin. The prophet Isaiah said it this way. He said, Jesus, the sinless one, he's going to be pierced for your transgressions and mine. He's going to be whooped and and bleed because of our iniquities. All of your brokenness, all the things that you and I have done in the sight of a holy God, all the things that deserve God being angry with us, he put on him. And he got angry with him. And he broke him. Why? So he could love us. So he could share with us victory. So he could bring with us into the family, to break the power of sin. Jesus came to break the penalty of sin, death. He tasted it so we can taste life. That's such good news. But he came to break the power of sin. Now, for the first time in Christ Jesus, we have the ability to live a life pleasing to God, a life that God has intended us to live. Remember, sin always leads to death. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory in Christ. Well, Jesus died according to Scripture. He paid the price for our sins. He was buried. He was truly dead. But not only that, Christ was raised on the third day according to plan. Always according to plan. Mission accomplished. God has won. 500 people saw it. They said, yes, there is victory. Jesus is raised from the dead. If that is true this Easter, if Jesus even now lives, listen, death is defeated. Death has been swallowed up in victory through Christ Jesus. I love what John says in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 1.18, he said about Jesus, he said, he was dead. And now he's alive. And this amazing thing happens. Now he has keys in his hands over even death and hell. Now he is able to share the victory with us. If Jesus conquered death and now is holding the keys of life and death, he's the first fruits. He guarantees that life is coming. He's passed from death into life. And he's kicked open the door for us. If Christ is raised from the dead, listen, we are no longer in our sins. We are in Christ Jesus. Every single one of you here today sits in one of two positions. Every one of you. You are either today, right now, still in your sins. All of us have sinned. It's not just you. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. So either right now you are sitting in your sins in a holy God's sight or if by God's grace you've embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've invited him into your life, then you now are in Christ. What an amazing transformation. We have now victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When's the last time you saw a championship sports team win a title? Maybe it was NCAA, maybe it was NFL, maybe it was MLB. What happens as soon as the horn sounds... What happens as soon as the last out is made and we have a new champion? Now you see a bunch of grown men making millions of dollars, jumping around and acting crazy. But amazingly, I don't know where they come from, but somewhere out of nowhere, all of a sudden they all appear to be wearing the same championship shirt and championship hat. I mean, it's amazing what happens. I mean, there they are. I mean, all of a sudden, marketing. You know, it's just, it's not look who we are as America. I mean, immediately, you got to slap on a new shirt that says world champions on it. And the next commercial, cut to commercial, what are they doing? You too. You too can wear this jersey that was worn by your champions. Bring out your credit card and put in the right numbers. And we're going to send you a cheap hat and a lousy t-shirt that says, your team won. Because you know what? We all want to share a little bit in the victory. We all want to say, my team won. The amazing thing about Jesus is this. Sharing in the victory is more than a lousy t-shirt and a hat. Sharing in the victory of Jesus means this, that he became flesh and that Jesus wore the jersey of your sin, your filth, my sin, my filth. That yes, he was naked on that cross, but he was actually wearing our sin. That's why the Father had to turn away and say, I can't even look at that, that's so ugly. Jesus wore our stench and our filth. Second like Corinthians 5:21 says this: He who knew no sin became sin. So why? We could wear his jersey of righteousness. It's amazing. So Jesus becomes our sin on the cross so that everything he did, everything that he was right, living a holy, righteous life, having the righteousness of God, guess what he says now in the victory? Now I'm going to share with you my victory. I'm going to share with you my life. I'm going to share with you my righteousness. I wore your jersey. Now wear my righteousness. Now, now you can, have, you can have peace right now. Listen, this victory about Jesus is not just about your heart stopping and someday going to heaven. Easter does not mean it's the only celebration. It does mean that heaven's been opened up for us, but there's so much more. Jesus says, I want this victory to be so palatable, so tangible to you now, now. I want it to change your life now. It should be, make huge consequences now, not just then. What are those consequences? Now, God offers you the victory of peace with the Father. It says in Christ Jesus, we have peace with God the Father. He's come and he bridged the gap that existed between sinners like us and a holy God like him. And he did it by stretching out his arms and dying. It's amazing. He says right now in your life, in the midst of everything that's gone wrong, in the midst of all you've done wrong, in the midst of life right now, you can have peace with God in Christ Jesus. His blood is that powerful. His righteousness is that amazing. His victory and his jersey is that good. Not only can we have peace with God right right now, but we also can have purpose. You look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says this. Now that we should be abounding in work for the Lord, because why, listen, because the work of the Lord that we do is not in vain. It's not in vain. How much of life feels like vanity? How much of life feels like a rat race? How much of life feels like get up and do it all over again? I mean, is there really any meaning or any substance to this? This is what Jesus says. He says, if you're in your sins, it's all vanity. It means nothing. But if you are in Christ Jesus, you've been made alive. You are mine and everything that you do now matters. Do you get that? Everything that you do now in my name matters. As a mom, as a dad, as a worker, as a teacher, whatever it is, it matters. I mean, God wants to say, listen, this Easter celebration, this victory that we have, it's so rich because we have peace, because we have purpose. And lastly, because we have fullness, fullness in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I've come to give life and life abundantly. Yes, I've come to give life and life eternally. Yes, I've come to open up heaven so you have a place to go when you pass away. But there's more than that. I've come so you can know me and love me. I've come so you can walk with me. I've come to remove everything that separates you and me so I could love you and live inside of you and so that you can love and know me. I've come to give you fullness, abundance. It doesn't necessarily mean we drive a German car or live in a huge house. It means this. Jesus says, "I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're mine." My victory, your victory. My life, your life. My name, your name. My identity, your identity. My jersey, your jersey. It's all yours. Come and get peace. Come and get purpose. Come and get fullness and get it now. Not just when you pass away. You know, as a great Tom Hanks is one of the best actors, I think, of our lifetime, and one of his best was Apollo 13. Anybody see Apollo 13? You know, as I saw Apollo 13, I saw it with someone who didn't know the Apollo 13 story, uh, didn't know how the movie ended. And so uh, it was very interesting as they watched the movie and went through the movie, not knowing, uh, are they going to make it or not? You know, you know that movie, like they're heading up to the moon and, and all this dreams of going to the moon and seeing all that dust and dirt and rocks and stuff. And, and they were heading up that way. And all of a sudden, uh, Houston, we got a problem. Man, what a problem they had. And pretty soon they realized, forget the moon. What about our lives? Are we ever going to make it home? Are we ever going to get back? Is this the end? Great movie. Amazing ingenuity. I mean, what those guys did down on the earth and up in that capsule to get back home was amazing. But I knew the ending. I knew the story. I knew they were going to come home safe. And so no matter what happened, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're going to do this. I don't know. There, I got peace. I know what's going to happen. The one next to me, mm mm. Oh, man. What's going to happen? Easter is a celebration that we know the ending. We know the ending. And we know what's going to happen. And we know that Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, no matter how dark it gets in our life, no matter what happens to us, we know we have hope. We know we have victory. It may seem like, man, oh, man, are we far from victory. And, man, oh, man, my my life tearing and shredding and coming apart. But we know the ending. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. And listen, and we know the reality that if that's true, that even now our life has purpose. Even now, our life has peace and meaning. How is it with you today? Listen, you're all here and you're you're in one of two places. You're either still in your sins, and maybe you knew a lot about Jesus, maybe gone to church a lot, but you've never come to the place where you've made him your personal Lord and Savior. That's the reality of you right now. Scripture says you're in your sins. But we can be, because of this great Easter celebration, in Christ Jesus. And everything that the obedient son earned, and everything he did on that cross, and that empty tomb, he shares with us. He says, my victory is your victory. My jersey, your victory, your jersey. Come live in me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us victory today, tomorrow. And for all eternity, how is it with you? Are you in your sins? All's vanity. Or are you in Christ Jesus? All has purpose, all has peace, and all has meaning. Is that not good news? All God's people said? Amen. Let's pray together. You know, Father God, we thank you. Thank you for this amazing reality of Christ's resurrection. Because today's the day where we celebrate this this crux. If in one direction, if he didn't get up from the dead, if he didn't raise from the dead, all is vanity. But if he did raise from the dead, if he defeated death itself, if he defeated the grave, then all is victory. And Jesus, what an amazing, loving Savior you are that you share your victory with us. And we get a whole lot more than a lousy hat and a t-shirt. We get eternal life, abundant life. We get peace with you because you've dealt with our sins. We get purpose in life because what we do for you matters and it lasts and it's not all vain. We get life that's abundant is we get to walk with the God of the universe. Man, what an amazing victory you share, Jesus. God, I pray for the man, woman, and child here today that's still in their sins. Maybe they've heard the story before, maybe for the first time. God, by your grace and for your glory, open their eyes to see the truth. And God, may today be the day that they just pray in their heart and ask Jesus to come in to forgive their sins to give them this victorious life in Christ. May they do it today, even now. And Father, for those of us by your grace who have tasted this victory, who've had our lives changed from the inside out because of what Christ has done, may we now live victoriously. May the world see that we have peace with you and peace with them. May they see that we have purpose for why we live, to bring you glory and to know and love you. God, we, may we live our lives with such abundance in you that they want to know you too. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you that Christ the Lord is risen today, mission accomplished today, so that we can have victory. It's in his name we pray, amen.